Man, it's great to be here. This is my first time here with two services. This is pretty cool. Mia. All right. Get this going the right way. Let's pray again. That was so good. Where's Spence? That was amazing worship. His presence and just even the prayers. Feel the Lord just lifting off, you know, just tension, stress, just his presence. So let's just pray again. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for your word. And we just ask for a fresh anointing that you would not just teach us, but you would empower us. Your word would bring life. That your word is our sustenance. It's what gives us direction, gives us hope, gives us our identity, gives us authority. And so we just dedicate this space, this time right now, that this is your place. This is your time, Holy Spirit. Would you come and teach us? Would you come and empower us? Would you come set us free with your truth? Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I'm, I got a call just as I was walking in this morning from Israel, and it's crazy. We, we have the mission to go to Israel, to ignite revival in Israel, the Middle East, and the nations and I just found out this morning um, that Israel lifted all their uh, requirements for vaccination to come into Israel today. I'm like, no way, because we're we've planned three trips to Israel. We have a bunch of our team that's not yet vaccinated. A bunch of you know, we're planning a tour, and it's like, come on. And who knows? You know, it's just it's. Part of the um, message today I'm going to bring has to do with us being apostolic. What does that mean? And it means to go. It means to bring the kingdom where it's not yet established. And so I'm so excited because we do that as a small little ministry. We go to Israel in the Middle East and we've been going. And it's just amazing when doors get more open and you can just go more and bring more people. So I'm excited this morning. Well, I, I met with um, Pastor Keith this week, and he was sharing how he taught on being an apostolic, the fivefold ministry gift of apostle last week. Is that right? And so I just, I love that. And the Lord gave me a message connected to how to establish the kingdom of God. And in the definition um, I don't, I didn't hear the message, but I just, my understanding and studying what a, the, what apostle meant in the Roman culture, in the Roman army, uh, it's a Greek word, apostolos, and this is what, apostle was the, uh, a leader in the Roman army that went after they conquered land, and it was like the first head ship that would go in to conquered lands, and it would establish Roman culture in, in these new areas. They would establish like streets that were like Roman streets. They would establish an environment that was the same as it was in Rome. And this was the goal. That when the king or the emperor, Roman emperor, would go to that newly conquered land, he would feel like he was at home, like he was in Rome. It's establishing the same environment, the same, you know, what it feels like, what it looks like, how it functions was the same as in Rome. 
And that's why it was so strategic in Jesus's day, why the gospel went so far is because you had a, a unified language, Greek, but then you had this Roman culture. And Rome was known for the Roman roads that connected every conquered province. And it was the apostles' job to go and establish the right roads, establish the right order, the right culture. And we are called to establish that order, that culture, that way of life as God's ambassadors of the kingdom. So what is that? That's what I want to talk about today. The kingdom of God. What do we establish? What do we make? Thanks, mate. And, and I was just praying about God, show us what, how can we do this? How can we live this? How can we communicate this? How can we further this kingdom? And the Lord brought me to Romans 14, 17. So I just want us to look at that. It's going to be kind of our foundational verse. Um, <clears throat> hallelujah. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. This is the kingdom of God. We know, if you read the book of Romans, it's talking about, in chapter 14, there was division among the body of Christ. There was those that, uh, it, why Paul says it's not a matter of eating and drinking, because some people were really strong that we can't eat food sacrificed to idols or we can't eat certain meats. It was the Jewish believers and the Gentile believers were at odds because of dietary laws. And he says, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're getting it wrong. Let me tell you what the kingdom's about. It's not about these. And, and in that passage, chapter 14, it says, you know, to some, they have freedom because they have faith that they can eat something that's unclean and it won't defile them. Others, it's a sin because their conscience is guilty when they eat that unclean food. So he says it's a sin for them. So this is really important to establish in the beginning. That there are issues that are not moral issues in our culture, but there are personal convictions based on our, our, cult, our individual convictions that we sometimes can be so divided in the body of Christ because, and in, in some of it's like with COVID restrictions or vaccinated, unvaccinated, or even political stances, where it's not a moral sin, but we can judge each other based on our personal convictions, which divides. And you cannot establish the kingdom culture when you're divided. We have no authority. A divided house falls apart. A divided marriage, a divided leadership team. Any group that's establishing influence, if they're divided, there's no influence. And so the kingdom of God is these three things. And I, I don't hear it. You know, I love, let's go, let's Let's break through. Let's bring the kingdom. Let's bring the power presence of God. But it's interesting that these are the three things Scripture says 
are the foundations, are the culture of the kingdom. That we're going to go establish the kingdom so that Jesus, when he came to that community, to your family, to your, your workplace, your whatever you do, your hobbies, that this is what he would feel at home if these are being expressed and lived out. And let me just bring it to more personal application. This is what he wants to do in you. So that he's at home in you. Okay? All right. Hallelujah. So we are to share about the kingdom. We're to walk in the authority of the kingdom and we're to represent the kingdom and represent the king. That's our call. Um, I love Matthew 6, 10 says, it's the prayer. Our father in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come. So the, the beginning of all this is Jesus was answering. How do we pray? It's bring your kingdom. And then I want to just talk about the authority. We we have the, we've been sealed with the Holy Spirit in Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. It says that we've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. That is like a king's ring, a signet ring that gives authority. When it, a letter is sealed with the ring of the king, that letter is the king's word. We are sealed with the king. His authority, his signet ring has sealed us. So we carry authority. We're also ambassadors in 2 Corinthians 5.20, it says, we are ambassadors of Christ. That means we are the legal representatives representing Jesus on the earth. So I want to establish first, as we release the kingdom and bring the kingdom, it's not just, oh, we're, we're going to try to, you know, get some of Jesus' righteousness and try to give it away. And we're going to try to walk in some of his peace and try to have some of his joy. No, we, that's, we have the authority. We are sons and daughters. We're ambassadors. We're sealed with the Spirit. And we're commissioned to go and spread the kingdom. And you know, the gospel is not just a gospel of salvation, right? Matthew 24, 14 says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed in all the earth, and then I will come. So it's a gospel of the kingdom. Even the word kingdom means the king's dominion. His authority. So you are empowered. You are his representatives. You have authority. And you have this commission to bring the kingdom. To spread the kingdom. So I want to start out with this first aspect of the kingdom. The kingdom of God is righteousness. And we know, I think it's a Psalm 89, 14, talking about the throne. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. So righteousness is what you stand on. And there's, when, when there's righteousness in a place, there's, it's solid. It's not shaky. When you're not, when you know, like, think about people you know, you just know they're going to do the right thing. That means you can trust them. But I want to just bring what is the kingdom righteousness? 
It's not a bunch of just principles, guidelines, rules. That's religion. If our foundation is on that. You know what our righteousness is? It's Jesus. And it's grace. So I just want you to receive that. In Ephesians 6.14, it says to put on the breastplate of righteousness. Colossians says, clothe yourselves with Christ. His death on the cross, and this is the beginning of the gospel, is that he gave you righteousness and took your sin. He imputed righteousness. It's nothing you can earn. And it's not just the day that you came to Jesus and prayed that prayer. This is every day you need to receive the free gift of righteousness every day. You need to receive it so much and believe it that this is your identity. How many of you feel like and say when you look in the mirror, like, Todd, you're righteous. You are righteous. That's not just a performance. That's identity. So I just want to encourage you. Your identity needs to be that you are righteous. So I love Hebrews chapter 10 talks about the sacrifice Jesus made. It says, for by a single offering, he has perfected all for all time those who are being sanctified. This is the kingdom righteousness. Is that you're perfected in God's sight. You are perfect for all time. Do you see yourself that way? That's how to walk in the kingdom. You have to receive this before you can give this. You have to believe this is who you are before you can share this with anyone else. I mean, you can say it, but those words won't have power and authority unless you, this is your identity. I've found identity is, is the most important thing to walk out my faith. If I don't believe this is who I am, it's very difficult for me to walk in that way. It's, so the key is, he's gifted you with righteousness by grace. And then you walk in this identity. You put on that breastplate every day. And you believe, I'm made perfect forever. Yes, I'm still being sanctified. I'm still being made holy. I'm not denying that. But my identity is, I'm perfect forever. Then I can stand when I sin. That's not my identity. I'm not a sinner. I blew it, yes, and I confess it and I renounce it, but that's not who I am. I'm righteous. That's what God says. And when you have that as your identity, then you can pass that on and you can release grace to others. Because I can guarantee this, if you believe you are righteous, and you blow it in sin, you're going to jump back up, as it says in Proverbs, a righteous man may fall seven times, but he gets back up. When David committed the horrendous sin with Bathsheba and Uriah, murder and adultery, and you read Psalm 51, and he's just saying, God, come to me. Here I am. 
He's not running in shame. He's running straight to God because that's not who he was. So I just want to encourage you. The kingdom of God is righteousness and it's not performance righteousness. It's the grace of God righteousness. And then when you have that grace of God righteousness, you will walk it out. I love Psalm 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leads me or he makes me lie down in green pastures, leads me by side still waters, restores my soul. And then it says, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So he will lead us in righteousness. We have to have that identity and then we have to hear his voice and follow him. That's the kingdom is his righteousness in us, our identity, and then him leading us in right paths. Amen. So the next thing is peace. And John 14, 27, Jesus talks about peace. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world that gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Peace is something the whole world is searching for. Only Jesus can give peace. It's not of this world. Anything the world gives is a very shallow, temporal, just emotional peace. It's not that peace that just gives you, it is well with my soul. No matter what is happening, there's peace in the middle of the storm. People spend billions of dollars trying to get peace through drugs, through entertainment, through escaping, through vacationing, through anything. And Jesus said, the world doesn't know this peace. So you may have received, you know, the gospel of salvation and you've, you're saved and you feel, have felt peace at a certain time, like it is well with my soul. I, no matter what happens around me, I feel this peace of God, but I want to tell you, you need that every day. We need this. You wake up in the morning and you have a flesh that is carnal, that you need to deny and crucify. You have a world system around you that's crazy and it's going to get more and more crazy. You have an enemy of your soul that's trying to tempt and test and accuse and condemn. You need this peace that only Jesus can give. I love how it says in the end of um, John, the book of John, Jesus appeared to his disciples in the upper room. And, you know, it's the first words he says is peace be to you. Now, if you can imagine, the disciples are hiding in fear of the Romans that they'll all be crucified. And all of a sudden, some being walks through the wall and peers to them. And I'm sure they're all going, ah, you know, and, and he had to say, peace, 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 relax. And then he's, it says, as the father sent me, I'm sending you. This is that apostolic go bring the kingdom. But what does he say? When he said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. We need to receive the breath of God every day.
to receive that shalom, that peace. We need this, just like the disciples. We can only give what you've received. And then with all the anxiety and all the needs, and I loved how Spence was talking about that, let's just casting our cares on him. We see in Philippians 4, 7, talks about after he says, present your request to God with thanksgiving. And then in verse seven, he says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So there's something about this peace that protects our minds and our hearts. It guards us. The enemy knows if he can get us stressed out, if he can get us worried, anxious, and stressed, it paralyzes our fruitfulness, paralyzes our freedom. Did you know that over 90% of all sicknesses are stress-related? I'm not a doctor, but I've read that several times. Look it up. Stress-related. We all need the breath of God to breathe into us. Holy Spirit, we need this peace. Guard your heart and your mind. This is like better than any supplement, better than any diet, better than any counselor or psychiatrist or any vacation or massage or any chiropractor. This peace actually literally protects your mind and protects your heart. This is powerful. It's what the world needs, but you need to receive it so you can release it. In Isaiah 9, 6, it goes, you know, talking about Jesus, for unto us, a child is born, a son's given, the government should be on his door and his shoulders. His name will be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the last Prince of Peace. His Identity as this, the prince, as this ruler, is a prince of peace. Do you know, in Israel, there's a whole um, tour company that we use called Sar-El. It's, it's prince of God. Um, Sar Shalom, prince of peace. You need to receive that. He is your king. He's the prince of peace. Psalm 122, we say this, you know, it says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. We need, that's the cry God said, just pray for peace. When you're praying for peace, it's the king, it's the prince of peace ruling and reigning in the hearts of those in Jerusalem. That's my interpretation of praying for the peace of Jerusalem. But do you walk in this right now? Do you have peace? Really, do you? It's not circumstantial. It's not your relationships. It's not your bank account. It's not your success or your failure. It's not of this world. Do you have that supernatural peace? My prayer is that today you'd encounter peace. And going back to righteousness, my prayer today is you would reclothe yourself this morning with this identity of righteousness. It kind of goes in order, as I understand it. We clothe ourselves with righteousness. And then when you 
feel righteous and you know I am in right standing with God and I'm, he sees me as perfect, then it's much easier to be filled with peace. You have the right identity. It's so much easier to just say, I'm okay. It's going to be okay. I'm in right standing. And then we can walk out joy in the Holy Spirit. So let's look. In Nehemiah 8.10, you have the broken walls, the, the shaken uh, area of Judah that had just been reconquered, and nobody had the, the boldness or the courage to rebuild the walls. So the enemy could come in and out anytime he wanted. And Nehemiah went there, and he, this is what he did right before he commissioned everyone to rebuild the walls. He said, to some of them, go your way, eat the fat, and drink sweet wine. That's not dietary advice. <laughs> but I think it must have made him pretty happy. Like, we get to eat fat and some sweet wine. And I love that. And then he says, and send portions to anyone who has nothing ready. For this day is holy to the Lord our God. This reminds me of David when it says all the warriors came to David in, in 1 Samuel. And it says, David celebrated. He said, give them all raisin cakes. And this, I was like, man, that's amazing. Hospitality, like give hundreds of thousands. And it says, for this day is holy to the Lord our God. And don't be grieved. So they, they are finally looking at the holes in the wall. They're finally looking at it. They kind of, I bet you they were avoiding it. But Nehemiah came and said, now let's write it. And he wrote down, this is all the problems. These are all the gaps. And then don't be grieved for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So it's basically, let's celebrate before there's victory. Let's eat, the, let's eat and drink. Let's, let's be joyful before we get to work because the joy of the Lord is your strength. So when you have right standing and you're bold, like I am righteous, it has nothing on me because the blood of Jesus covers me from all my sin, past, present, future. My, I'm secure in my identity as a son and a daughter. And then I'm filled with this just unexplainable, unmeasurable peace. Now, let's take back what the enemy stole. Let's God, just give me some joy. Let's go. Joy is something that just, it's not, like peace gives you rest. Joy gets you going. Gives you strength. The fruit of the Spirit, you know, Galatians 5.22 is love, joy, and peace. You have these things. Uh, it's, it's, so it's not you drumming up this joy. It's Holy Spirit bubbling up this joy in you. And then the thing with joy, it's not absent of suffering. It's not just clap happy joy. So look in this, uh, Romans 5, 2, and 3. Through him we've also obtained access by faith into his grace in which we stand. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So it's this Looking forward to what God's going to bring, all his glory that it's going to bring to us, to the earth, and his second coming. But it says not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, 
knowing that suffering produces perseverance. So joy is not just circumstantial again. Righteousness is not circumstantial. Peace is not circumstantial. It's supernatural. And then this is my favorite part of joy that we even sang about today. Psalm 1611. You've made known to me the path of life. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So this You want to walk in fullness of joy, you need to walk in his presence. Hallelujah. So I'm going to ask um, someone to come up and play the keys. And we're just going to, I just felt like the Lord wants to impart this to us this morning. I was with Bill Johnson one time and he said, Do you know who has the most influence in any room? It's the one with the most hope. You know what hope is made up of? According to Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with what? Joy and peace. Believing as you trust him. And so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. So I just believe this morning he wants to refresh you with hope. He wants to fill you with that joy and peace. And you just believe. It's not rocket science. You have to just say, I believe. You receive salvation by saying, I choose to believe. But you walk out spreading the kingdom, the gospel of the kingdom by just saying, I believe again today. And so I just want to invite you. I want to, could you stand up or some of you may want to sit down, but I'm just going to go through this um, and just asking the Holy Spirit to come and meet you. And I just want to take time. This is not a rushed um, close. There's plenty of time right now for you to do business with God. And I want to start with clothing yourself with righteousness. And so I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to come and to show you any areas where you feel accused or condemned, you feel dirty, any sins that you have not dealt with it, you just say, Lord, I confess. Do you know, it's this simple. You confess your sins. He forgives and cleanses you from all unrighteousness. And then uh, in that process of this clothing yourself, I want you to just declare out, I am righteous. It's who I am. I'm made perfect forever. So Holy Spirit, I just ask for you to come right now as we begin in this kingdom living by receiving your righteousness. Lord, restore to us the joy of our salvation. Restore to us that first love 
of when we just looked in your eyes, Jesus, and we saw acceptance and forgiveness, that you never looked at what we did. You looked at who we are. And you said, you're my daughter. You're my son. So right now we come back to that foundation. And we just reestablish that foundation under our feet that we are righteous because of your body and your blood. And Lord, we just ask you to forgive us for our thought life, for words that we've said, for things we've looked at, for things we've entertained, actions we've done that have not measured up to the calling that you've given us as sons and daughters, that where we've missed the mark, literally to sin means to miss the mark. We just ask forgiveness afresh right now. Go ahead and just ask him. You can do it in your own. You're just you and God. Just ask forgiveness and receive his forgiveness. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm just sensing the Holy Spirit saying that some of you, it's the identity is the most important thing. That some of you confess your sins and you get on your day, but it's really a, almost like you're working your way up to God every day. And the Lord's saying, no, no, no. You're seated with me. You're seated in the heavenly places at the right hand of the Father every day. Your position never changes because of your actions. Your position is secure. You're a son and a daughter based on the blood of Jesus, not based on your performance. So I just pray, God, would you reorient our minds to believe that we are righteous in our identity. That we don't perform to become who you say we are. We just agree with it. Can you just agree? Just right now, just say yes. I'm a son, I'm a daughter, and I'm righteous in your sight. Do you know the Father never could fellowship with you unless you're 100% pure. And because of the blood of Jesus covering you, you're 100% pure. And when we sin, we just confess. And he cleanses us. But your identity, you're made perfect forever. Can you just agree with that? Agree with that right now. Just Jesus, we say yes. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. And now I'm just going to go after peace. I don't know if you want to open your hands or you want to sit down or lay down or whatever you want to do. I just want to ask for the peace of God that transcends all understanding, surpasses logic and reason would right now take over your heart and your mind. It would guard, it would watch over you. So, and if you have any anxiety, any stress this morning, I want you just to confess that. Just release that right now. God, we just release all the cares because you care for us. We cast all our cares on you. 
And all the needs we have, we present those to you with thanksgiving. We thank you. You're going to take care of them. But we receive right now supernatural peace that gives that rest. I just sense some of you, there's stress that's not just your life, it's others that you love are going through hard times. And I just feel the Lord saying, release them to me. Let go of others. And I sense particularly some moms. So if you, there's a mom that you're just carrying, just, just give her to the powerful, loving, sovereign hands of the Father this morning. Cast your cares on him right now. Psalm 91 is just those who dwell. In his presence, we rest in his shadow of the Almighty. No fear of the enemy. There's something about peace that brings security. The literal Hebrew word shalom actually means to be secure, to be protected, and to prosper. Shalom. So just receive that right now. Because of your righteousness that Jesus paid for, that's your foundation. You can rest and receive his protection, his security, his provision. And Jesus breathed on his disciples. Just let him breathe on you this morning. Let him, I mean, I don't know how he did it, but literally it says he breathed on them. <laughs> Which is how we were created in the first place, by the way. The pile of clay on the ground and the Father just breathed into Adam and Eve and they became living. Let God breathe into you. Some of you are so kind of, don't feel like you're full of life. And the Lord just says, I want to just breathe on you. So let me breathe on you. Thank you, Lord. Lord, just breathe. Blow off all the dust, the defilement of the world, of the flesh, of the enemy. I pray today as each one leaves, there would just be this sense of, I am born again, again. <laughs> I have fresh life. Thank you, Father. And I just feel it saying, remind them there's no condemnation. I feel like some of you are still stuck on this whole identity piece. Just let go of condemnation. It's never from God. He's not an accuser or a condemner. He convicts us, which the result is more joy and more freedom. And now, I don't know if you could put your hand on your hearts or your minds or just, 
I'm gonna ask for Holy Spirit to fill you with his joy. Fullness of joy. Joy in the Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Now there's a natural progression here that righteousness gives us that foundation, that security. Peace takes all anxiety, fear, stress, pressure, performance. We just are rested. And when you're secure and you're in peace, then joy just bubbles up. So Holy Spirit, I ask, would you release your joy right now? It's not just an emotion. It's not circumstantial. It is the power of God in you. It's his presence. Just ask Holy Spirit to come on you right now. Ask Holy Spirit to come on you. Holy Spirit, we ask for you to come. We ask for you to come. Fill us. Fill us with joy right now. Thank you, God. And we're just going to end with this. I just sensed like the Lord saying, we need each other. So if you feel comfortable, you're next to somebody, could you just gently put your hand on their shoulder? And maybe we can all just stand up for this. We're just going to close with this. So Holy Spirit, we just ask right now, would you release your power through the laying on of hands right now? So I ask for a release of supernatural righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And I commission each one in this room to advance the kingdom of God, his rule, his reign, his culture, his ways, as apostles, as those going to establish the king's dominion, the kingdom. Thank you, God. Let's just, could you repeat after me? Let's pray for each other. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. And be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. And give you peace. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for coming. God bless you. Let's advance the kingdom together. Amen.